Ivy Coaches presents This is part four of delegation discussions with Coach Petteri and Jacopo Nicelli. Let's say that delegation should happen two-way round. So it's a two-way traffic between a leader or um, a, you know, a line manager and a subordinate or somebody you work with um, on the same peer. Now, what if, what if that person is not ready? And perhaps you as a leader or a manager see that as a growing or a development uh, area. Um, but can be dangerous to de de delegate when a person is not ready. And how can you motivate? How can you um, coach and perhaps bring out that potential out of an associate you're working with who perhaps can win and can grow through, the, through acceptance of delegation? So in other words, how does a person accept delegation process overall? Uh, if in their mind they're not set that they can, they can actually deliver. Is there a way of looking into this? And change it? Um, well, uh, one of the main aspects of accepting delegation uh, should be dealt by the manager in terms of making sure with his communication that the delegation activity is not just a dumping activity from him to someone else. So the, the, the main uh, message is not you know, I'm overloaded and I don't know what to do and I need to dump stuff over to someone else. So first of all, this is a, a very strong point that all managers should always consider before they're actually delegating to someone. Uh, as you said, it could be that the person that you're thinking uh, that you're going to be delegating to could not be ready uh, or could not be skilled enough. In that case, definitely, uh, it's going to be the manager's um, um, responsibility to actually train the person and to make the person feel confident at one point that he's going to be succeeding, he's going to be achieving the result, he's going to be having a better life, and he's going to be uh, seen by the organization as a whole as a more valuable person. So also in terms of uh, career progress and and uh, also a personal uh, motivation and a personal pride uh, process. Um, that there was a famous book uh, some time ago, and the title was "Pride Matters More Than Money." So if you make the person proud of what he's doing through your delegation, definitely you're going to be in a winning position. So. Uh, you have to make sure by your communication towards the employees that they're going to be having, uh, first of all, they're going to be more visible. They're going to be more, uh, they're going to be seen as more valuable to the organization. They're going to be seen as people who could uh, actually go on a, um, on a process of um, Role development, so they could be changing roles, they could be stepping up in in in, in the in their career, and <clears throat> so uh, there are several things that the manager can do to prepare someone to be ready to accept the delegated activity, and um, of course you need to to set some time aside to to prepare a person in the best way to accept that delegated activity. 
And um, you should also consider if someone is the right person. Uh, you should consider if he has enough time, something that goes into the environment of time management. You should never uh, consider that someone else is going to be taking the same time as you would take to accomplish the same task. There's something which is called the fudge ratio, which uh, tells you how much time you perceive it's going to be taking you to complete an activity compared to how much time you actually took to complete the activity. So sometimes our brain tells us, or most of the time our brain tells us that we're better than what we actually are, or our brain doesn't take care of interruptions or distractions or other elements. And, and by doing so, we, we assign, let's say, 60 minutes to uh, complete a task. At the end of the day, we realize that it took us 90 minutes. So in that case, we have underestimated how much time we would have taken. Okay, so in that case, uh, our approach uh, to our time management is it takes us 90 minutes. Most of the times, uh, the person that we're delegating takes a longer uh, amount of minutes to complete the task. Well, in that case, uh, we should make sure that the person who's accepting the delegated activity should uh, express or should say or should uh, make a proper estimate by, 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 by talking with his manager of how long it could take him to actually um, carry out the delegated activity. Interesting point there, Jacobo. And um, but it makes me think when things go very well and delegation is uh, fulfilled in a nice and very smooth manner. Um, uh, you know, a lot of us don't, don't come to think about the pitfalls. But do you think, and you know, do you have an experience from it yourself that delegation that has failed, and if you think once the sign or the signs of of um, of wrong, wrong delegation can be detected early, that it should be stopped. Um, is that something that you know, could be also um, predicted? So for instance, if a manager is not ready for delegation, we haven't prepared them very well. Uh, and, you know, that's the reality of life. Only, only you know, um, experience can tell us if things are gonna go right or wrong. But what if it wasn't predicted? And you, know, you can see that the results are not gonna probably be the best or as we predicted them to be. Is it right to interrupt a delegation? And is it right to you know, um, intervene? And if so, uh, is there a best practice on how to do it? Uh, well, in, in my experience, uh, in, in the moment or at the moment in which you're realizing that the activity, the project, or the task that you have delegated isn't going in the proper direction, it can be very dangerous for the self-esteem of the person that you delegate to whom you delegated the activity to interrupt the delegation. So you have to, um, you actually have to, to stop and reflect on how bad and how serious the situation actually is. So if the outcome is going to be uh, not so far away from the expected uh, result that you were looking for, then you should. Uh, intervene by giving support, 
by giving extra training, by giving extra uh, mentorship, or by having uh, some senior uh, person who knows how to execute the task properly to go and help and support. Um, so it's, it's always, uh, in terms of motivation, in terms of engagement of the person who has been delegated, if he is going wrong or if he's uh, not performing at best, uh, I suggest not to stop the delegation activity. Uh, and the only moment in which uh, it would be appropriate to uh, actually stop the, the, the activity which has been delegated is when the manager realizes that the outcome could be very risky in terms of uh, result, costs, time, and so on. So if the manager realizes that the end result is totally out of track or off track, then at that point, he should communicate to the person to whom he has delegated and make sure that uh, he communicates in the proper way that uh, what is going on is, is not going in the proper direction. And in order to uh, provide the organization with the best result, uh, it, uh, the, the delegated activity is going to be um, interrupted and maybe given to someone else. And nonetheless, you should always support uh, emotionally and support practically the person to whom you're taking the delegated activity away. It's an amazing insight, and I think it will bring us into another topic later on um, uh, in, into this podcast uh, slightly that we're going to touch on. I think it's very important, as you mentioned, that whether or not the delegation is being you know, fulfilled and conducted well, uh, how you transmit and how you explain what and you know, what was not working and what could have been done better should be very, very carefully uh, analyzed in, in the way it, it is communicated. So I think uh, communication, as you said, is key regarding uh, the beginning, the ongoing, and, and the end of, 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 that, uh, of that process or of that journey. Now, you know, and there's always what ifs, right? And, and if a listener is uh, you know, concerned about the fact that, that the, the culture of delegation doesn't exist in the organization, Period, right? There are organizations where, you know, motivation um, is a best practice. Uh, developing second line for succession programs or plans is that is within the backbone of the company. Now, what if a person finds himself or herself in an organization where things are very authoritarian, and, and that person wants to develop that, that 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 culture of delegation within the team and take it to the next step? Do you think that is even possible? Well. Uh... As, as uh, with many, many other um, aspects of, of leadership, uh, this is a, a, a very needed uh, leadership skill, uh, which uh, gives uh, very significant and very valuable results to the organization as a whole. So the organization should strongly consider to have um, as many people within the organization which are uh, trained, skilled, uh, and also tuned towards a delegation process. Um, in case um, the the culture is not present, as you were saying before, uh, within an, 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 an organization, then uh, definitely you should 
um, create that uh, that culture by training leaders and managers on how best to approach delegation, the reasons why they should delegate as much as they can, um, and well, how to do it properly, when to do it, uh, to whom to do it, and so on. And and also something which leaders uh, often don't understand is the potential outcome of proper delegation. So uh, something which uh, would be a success factor for uh, developing the culture of delegation within the company is to make sure that uh, leaders understand that the potential outcome is very powerful, very strong, very valuable, and it will never be something which will take something away from them or weaken their position or put them in in a in a negative situation or in a bad spot and their um, roles will will be prejudiced they will be jeopardized by delegating to someone else so creating a culture of as in many other cases culture changes take a long period of time it doesn't happen overnight uh, certainly, it needs um, the top uh, levels of, of the company to be committed towards creating that culture you're talking about, and they should do all they can to make sure that uh, leaders are um, trained, are uh, experienced, uh, they practice as much as they can, they do it as much as they can, and um, and there again, they should have budgets, they should have um, newsletters or communication that that is one of the elements that the company should have in order to perform better, in order to achieve better results, in order to innovate, uh, in order to transition uh, and, and to implement changes in a better way. As always, very... Um insightful with, with your responses. And uh, I think we've seen this more and more in the recent uh, weeks and months that my organizations are going through a bit of restructuring and streamlining. And as they would probably call it, um, the post COVID-19 effect where a lot of people have lost jobs, a lot of people are made redundant. And in that, the reason I'm saying this is that more than ever, the word delegation resonates if an organization wants to maximize the potential out of every associate. So I think, um, is there a question that you would like to ask yourself that I haven't at this point when it comes to delegation? Um, would be interesting, uh, more than a question, uh, if a company in the present situation, as you said, uh, in which it, the world seems to be um, getting back to normal uh, or getting to a, to a new situation after the, the virus pandemic. I think uh, the question is how much can we lose or how much can we not achieve from not delegating? More, more than, than um, than actually thinking, should we do it or should we not do it? I think the question is, what can happen to us if we don't have in place a proper delegation process 
which is uh, throughout the company involving everyone at every level uh, to make sure that people are trained, skilled, uh, they, they believe in what they're doing, they, they accept delegation, they give delegation, so on and so forth. But mainly is, is, is the company in itself as a whole um, ready to do it, uh, skilled at doing it, uh, considering it an activity which is essential or not? And how much money and how much time and how many clients uh, could we potentially lose in case uh, delegation activity was not in place in the proper way? Well, that uh, kind of wraps up our podcast on delegation, uh, dear listeners. Um, it does bring us to another topic, which is of very high importance. And if I'm not wrong, that is feedback. Uh, I think the feedback is what uh, will, will make or break any conversation or any development once um, the results of the delegation um, you know, are fulfilled or not. Um, would you agree, Jacopo? Sorry, say that again. I, um, I was referring to the feedback uh, yeah. post-delegation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, well, uh, just a, a, as an appetizer, I think we could uh, uh, let, let our listeners know, uh, you know, uh, something about uh, feedback or introduce the uh, the aspect of feedback and then cover it in more depth in the following podcasts. So uh, from, from our point of view, uh, feedback is, is that leadership uh, practice which helps us move forward and improve both in our personal and professional lives. Uh, I always say that uh, feedback overall, it's, um, a very foggy situation in terms of the fact that uh, feedback is very poorly given, is very poorly practiced, is very poorly uh, present both in terms of quantity and quality within professional and personal environments. So uh, overall people are definitely much more interested in knowing what is going well or what is going not so well, rather than not knowing anything. And this takes us to, to numbers and statistics, uh, which says that in fact, in, in the US uh, today, 69% of employees say that they would work harder if they knew their efforts were being recognized. And unfortunately, less than 30% say that they actually receive regular performance feedback. Which, which means that people are working without knowing what their managers are thinking about the reasons and the outcomes and the purposes of their efforts. So people actually go to work, uh, they have a day's work, they have a week's work, they have a month's work, and once a year, uh, when all their work throughout the year has gone by, so at the end of the year, Someone is going to be saying, okay, I score you three because you did this and this and this and this and this. 
and that's called performance uh, appraisal or performance feedback. Uh, it's, it's called in many different ways. Whereas feedback should be an ongoing process um, in which the manager um, actually gives his employee or his team member or his peer as well, or even his boss, because um, we have to consider that feedback can be uh, a very powerful uh, leadership tool which goes in all directions. So top down, uh, uh, bottom up and, and sideways in order to uh, be act like a mirror for someone else's behavior or for someone else's um, way of approaching a, a certain situation. So feedback is, is that mirror that we don't have, we personally don't have. And if I see uh, someone next to me who's performing an activity in a wrong way or could be performing an activity in a better way, then if I have the responsibility, if I have the, the feeling, if I have the sense of the importance that altogether we can improve, altogether we can learn and be better as a community, as a whole, then I should have the responsibility to let my colleague, my, my peer know that there is a better way to perform what he's doing and I could support him to uh, understand how to do it or to suggest a way to do it better or to suggest a way to learn how to do it better. So uh, the feedback culture within our, and our uh, um, company is another very powerful tool uh, for performance improvement, for sustained performance, and for innovation, and for transition, and especially in, in this moment, as you said before, in which um, times are not so easy for no one, um, feedback should be within the DNA of every company and within every employee as a tool to make things better and make things easier and make things uh, smarter within the company. Well, I got one feedback for you right away and uh, <laughs> it is that you're an absolute rock star and it's absolutely a pleasure to have you on the podcast. So that's my feedback to you, my friend. Um, I'd like to thank you for this session. Uh, our dear listeners, uh, we'll be back with another podcast to um, uh, deep dive or dive deeper into the world of feedback and uh, listen to uh, Coach Jacopo Micheli, uh and his um, very, very um, uh, deep experience in coaching um, corporations, organizations, and um, in topics of leadership and related. So all the way from sunny Dubai, this is Coach Pedari, and with me, Coach Jacob Nicelli from Milano. Jacobo, thank you so much for coming today, and we all wish you a great day in Milano today. Uh, it's, be, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, Pedari, for um, your professional approach and, and for uh, having me uh, with you today again and uh, looking forward to carry on uh, in uh, deep diving within uh, how to delegate, when to delegate, and, and, and the benefits of delegation in our next podcast. And uh, to all the listeners, have a great day and wish you the very best and keep safe. And uh, looking forward to, to record uh, a new uh, insightful and interesting uh, podcast on the theme of feedback. Thank you very much. Goodbye from Milan and all the best of you.
Thank you. And on behalf of IB Coaches, all the best. See you soon and talk to you. Bye-bye.